0: On a Sunday morning in Las Vegas, I'm Brian Feldman and this is Out of Line. We are here every Sunday morning at 8 on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights. Coming to you live from the Wisden in Las Vegas because for over two years now, as I've said many times, the pandemic is still keeping us out of the spot fox sports residential bank corp that place has to be like immaculately like completely germ-free right now sooner or later they're gonna let us back in joining me on the show is our social media director spencer the Wiz ostrovsky nobody beats the Wiz. nobody beats
1: the Wiz.
0: yeah you know by now that's right uh the whiz not only has his own studio which as you can see is pretty cool He also has his own theme music, earned and well-deserved. Also back in the Fox Sports residential Bank Corp. studio is producer Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing a number of shows for Lotus Broadcasting, is the locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. And also joining us on today's show, good friend, friend of the show, fill-in host many times. You hear him all over Vegas. Uh, Hardest working man in radio, man. He is just everywhere, and that is uh, Chris Wynn. He'll be joining us uh, to chop things up today, doing a roundtable. Table with the four of us uh the show is also streaming on the lv sports network and you can watch the show on facebook live and youtube the page is called out of line that's o-u-t-t-a-l-i-n-e and you can follow the show on instagram and twitter at out of line fox lv and since we are live your calls and questions are welcome the fox sports residential bank corp studio line 702-876-1340 use it Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. Yeah, What's on Tap brought to you by title sponsor, Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, Residential Bank Corp is the company to turn to for all your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp, funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 today to get information on all the home financing options available in the state of Nevada on tap the Vegas golden Knights are looking for a new head coach you've known that for almost a week we'll give you our thoughts on that right now and the captain just had uh back surgery what does that mean well we're going to fill you in on that as well we've got the NHL playoffs we've got the NBA conference finals we've got the best team in the WNBA and we've got a pretty cool Uh, AAA baseball affiliate uh, of the Oakland A's playing uh, up north here in Las Vegas. The Las Vegas aviators will have the aviators report as well. Uh, That is what's on tap. If you are looking to buy a home or to refinance the home you currently own, choose a company you can trust, Residential Bank Corp, funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720. Again, for details on your home financing options in the state of Nevada. Uh, What's going on, Spence? Always a whiz-tastic
2: Sunday to be on the show with you, Brian.
0: <laughs> We're looking for cliches now. It never ends, and we've got Chris Magnum Chapman back in studio. A lot to talk about. Uh, we'll bring him on in a second. Of course, Chris Wynn uh, jumping on the show as well. Um let's 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 get right to it before i welcome anyone in let's talk about nightcap because uh even though hockey season is in the playoffs and the golden knights aren't part of it uh there is still big vegas golden knights news and it's current go ahead spence hockey players as you know are warriors they don't give up they come to play every game
3: it's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here.
0: here. And I'll bring you all in. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you. First of all, man, thanks for uh, getting up, joining us on a Sunday morning. Hardest man working in sports radio. Every time you turn on the radio, a lot of times you'll hear him now on KSHP with Brian Shapiro um, on Pushing the Limits. Love hearing you there. Ken Thompson, you hear over on his show as well. A lot, Chris. Appreciate you again taking the time out. Vegas Golden Knights, Fire Pete DeBoer. I'm not overly surprised at the move. I said that if he did come back next year, he was going to be on a really short leash. I still feel that way for Kelly McCrimmon too. Although you got to have a fall guy. And even though 500 uh, injury games missed, basically, if you look at uh, players this year what the golden Knights went through, no other team has ever made the playoffs when they have faced that kind of issue. Obviously injury is a big part of it, but um, the board, of the scapegoat, Chris, good or bad move?
1: Obviously, Brian, uh, I think it was surprising to me, to be quite honest with you. And I think because of that stat that you just gave, to think that they would have been the only team in NHL history with uh, a lot of teams. And, and, you know, Brian, you and myself are a fan of uh, one of those Detroit Red Wings teams that I believe they had 420, 425 player games lost and still were able to make the playoffs in that uh, 26-year streak run that they had. I got to be honest, I, I was surprised that Pete DeBoer did not get at least one more season. And I was more surprised by what Kelly McCrimmon said the reason was it was because they were looking ahead to next year and it had nothing to do with what Pete DeBoer's tenure had in, in, for the past two and a half years. That's surprising, right? I mean, given, you know, usually when you decide to dismiss a head coach, it's because of what they've actually done behind the bench as a head coach. It's not just, Flippantly looking ahead and saying if you're Kelly the credit or if you're if you're George or the powers that be with the Vegas Golden Knights, you're not thinking, oh yeah, maybe we, you know, maybe we'll have a different voice, we'll be a better thing for this team. That was a little bit strange. So as someone who was not on board with the hire in the first place, and I'm not gonna sit here and act like it was uh, I'm I'm a genius by any stretch of the imagination. I never thought Gerard Gallant should have been let go in the first place, but it's it's proven out that Pete DeBoer's tenure here in Vegas was not successful because they did not get, get done what they expected to get done. And that, of course, was to make a severely deep run, meaning at least the Stanley Cup finals, and if not, winning a Stanley Cup championship in the time that they brought Pete here. So, uh, at, but at the same time, I know I'm kind of going back and forth here, but- I got to say, I was a little bit surprised you didn't get one more season.
0: Well, yeah, Chris, I mean, obviously, there's a short lease on coaches with this franchise. And, you know, we're, as you mentioned, Detroit, where loyalty is is something that is discussed, especially when you talk about the Detroit Lions. And there's many times you look at the owner, you're like, are you going to ever fire this guy? Fire the And t- with Bill Foley, there's no questions about it. This guy wants to win. He's wanted to win from day one. He's willing to spend money. He's willing to knock that salary cap out of the box. This guy wants to do what it takes to win hockey games and uh, and to win a championship. And this team fell short last year. I think uh, everyone is still stinging over the loss to the Montreal Canadiens a year ago. I mean, yeah, it's a year removed, but they don't make the playoffs. They exit in such disappointing fashion after losing those first two games to Colorado in the second round, that coming back and winning the next four everyone thought man this team had the momentum that was going to be the year if nothing else at least to make it back to the stanley cup finals i've said all along i still think they would have lost to the tampa bay lightning but it would have been a better series and i think that's the series the nhl expected and of course everyone here in vegas expected but chris again you know i'm surprised at it like you are because i really thought you know it's just not enough time and when you look at again 500 I mean that 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 is such a large number when you talk about 500 man games lost to injuries it's huge and, and it's not just you know, injuries to just random players. You're talking about guys like Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Alec Martinez, guys that are huge parts of this team. Staples, Shea Theodore. I mean, all these guys missed time last year. And of course, Robin Leonard, no one knows how injured he was all season. Huge disappointment to a lot of people, but they're not taking into account the fact that he might have been a lot more hurt than anyone knows. All that being said, the firing has happened. And, you know, go ahead and bring, bring Chris in as well. The other Chris, uh, Chris Chapman, because Chris, I know we talked about this a couple of times on the show in the past few weeks, and we were both under the impression that the board was going to definitely at least start the season next year as the Vegas Golden Knights head coach.
3: Yeah. The, the, the whole thing was, was just weird. Um, you know, we, we, we sat in Kelly McCrimmon's press conference on, on Monday and, You know, the buildup for the previous two weeks had been, oh, we we had lost a a ton of guys to injury, injury, injury. That was the theme, right? It was injury, injury, injury. Every press conference we sat in all season, "Eh, we've lost so many players to injury, injury. All right, that's fine. But then to come out two weeks later and make the comment that, well, we we felt like we needed a new voice in the locker room, but then not give any reason as to why you relieve Pete DeBoer of his duties – other than we needed a new voice, well, y- you can't tell us all season that it's injuries, 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 and then two weeks after the season, all of a sudden it's well, we needed a new voice. I mean, what what changed between the 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 locker cleanout day when it was injury, injury, injury? Now, granted, Kelly did leave the door open for the possibility that Pete would not be brought back, but still, injury, 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 and now all of a sudden it's something completely different. Um, you know, it also didn't sound like they really had a plan going forward. Um, you know, they were asked, "What are you looking for in a new coach?" There really wasn't an answer. Uh, is there a timeline? No, no, we don't know. Well, I mean, you, do you want to have a coach in place before the draft? Do you want to have a coach in place before, you know, free agency begins so you can so you can kind of have an idea of what you want to play, what kind of style? I mean, the other thing is it it, it I just don't know if how much of this falls on Pete DeBoer. Like, Pete DeBoer is a really good coach. He's taken two teams to the Stanley Cup final. He's taken the Vegas Golden Knights to two conference finals in his three seasons at the helm. Clearly, the guy's a good coach. He he knows what he's doing. But to not give him the opportunity when when you fired Gerard Gallant, they, there there was a reason behind it. Right, like over the the previous eighty-two games or whatever, their record was whatever it was, and you know they they exited to San Jose. They 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 were up three to two in that series. They didn't make it out of the first round. Okay, you know what? That's that's fine. But you brought in Pete DeBoer because he's a really good coach, and he was the right guy at the right time. And now you you, you kind of pull the rug out from under him is is kind of the way I'm I'm looking at it. I don't understand the the the. Um, Brian, I'll, I'll be honest, I. I don't know if this makes them better. I mean, we have to see who they hire. Um, You know, I mean, my guess is it's not going to be Barry Trotz. So the question then becomes, whatever coach you hire outside of Barry Trotz, who's a better coach than Pete DeBoer? Like, if you hire some up-and-coming assistant, is that really a move that, that says, yeah, he's better than Pete DeBoer? If you hire a guy who's never been to a cup final, is he better than Pete DeBoer? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of names out there, good coaches. uh, Mike Babcock, of course, you guys being Red Wing fans would would know Mike. Um, John Tortorella, you know, obviously, Barry Trotz, who knows, maybe Bruce Cassidy's out in in Boston. There's a lot of unknowns that will take place between today and the day the Golden Knights hire their coach. but. Are you really stepping up from Pete DeBoer if you hire someone who's never been to a cup final? If you hire someone who who's never won a Stanley Cup? Like like I I, I don't know, Brian, we'll have to see. I don't know where this leaves the team going forward. What I what I do know is that I I I don't really I'm just going to say I don't buy the reasoning behind uh uh Pete DeBoer being relieved of his duties. Like I just there has to be more than we needed a new voice. Like there has to be something else, and the team's just not telling us. And and to me, that's the frustrating part because, you know, Kelly gets up there and he says, "Well, I'm not going to say anything bad about Pete the Board." Well, you just fired the guy. So, so, so I don't, I don't Isn't know. That
1: the ultimate voice, right there. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, ultimate.
3: That's decision. that's the ultimate. Yeah. I'm not going to say something bad about the guy. You yeah, fired exactly. him.
0: Exactly. So, you yeah. know, Chris, I, just just interject real quick. You know, I yeah. um. I echo your sentiments completely. And, you know, I I was very surprised at the move, but... You know, is it Kelly McCrimmon just doing a bailout right now to take the attention off him a little bit? Uh, Because, again, I think there's a really short leash on him. I mean, the bottom line is Bill Foley is like beyond no nonsense. And he is just, to him, he doesn't care that 500 man games were lost last year. He feels this team should be in the playoffs. He feels he has some of the top talent in the NHL, which he does, but to get all these guys, they've got to be healthy and playing together. And I think whoever comes in, The expectations are going to be through the roof on this guy. There's a lot of guys out there, as you mentioned, Chris. Yeah, I don't think Trotz is going to be the guy. But just uh, recently, what about Rick Bonus, who just came on the market? Uh, he announced uh, Friday that he's going to be leaving the Dallas Stars. I mean, this guy just. Uh, yeah, I, know, I
3: don't, the- I don't think it'll be Rick Bonus. He's, I think, 68 years old, so I, I can't yeah, imagine.
0: But, 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 he's not, he's not ruling out coaching. No, again, no, but I,
3: I just don't know if. I mean, look, if you watch the Dallas Stars this year, there's a team that had a lot of talent and. Quite honestly they were they were just as inconsistent as the Golden Knights without all the injuries that the Golden Knights had. So. Yeah,
0: but Chris, they won down the stretch when they had to. They they took the first round to seven games. Did, after did they did
3: they really win down the stretch, Brian, or did the Golden Knights just kind of fade down the stretch?
0: Yeah, they won down the stretch. They didn't finish eighth. They finished seventh. I mean, Nashville did worse well, than they did. Na- Nashville but wasn't way, very good. <laughs> either, way, either, way, it, 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 either way, it's kind of conjecture. Dallas did get lucky finding an extremely hot goaltender at the end of the season and nearly carried them to the second round of the playoffs. He was incredible. We're going to talk about goaltending in a minute as we talk about the playoffs more. But, no, I don't think he's going to be our coach. I'm just throwing names out there. you got a guy like Claude Julien. You know, there's guys uh, like Max Pacioretty and Riley Smith who have played for him. He's won a Stanley Cup also. Um, you know, he, he looked really bad with Montreal a couple of years ago. Then, you know, they, they he gets replaced, and they go to the Stanley Cup finals. But he's still a guy that's kind of an NHL journeyman that's out there. There's a lot of names they're mentioning. I can't even believe they threw Derek. England's name into the mix I mean that's just a popular move as far as people know him out here but my god in heaven talking about throwing a guy to the fire you can't even think about giving him his first job at this point and at this point other than maybe an assistant coaching job I um, am going to be very curious to see what happens and what transpires. They're very tight-lipped about this, but that's the way the NHL is. They've always been tight-lipped about injuries. They're the only league that says lower body and upper body injuries. Every other league tells you what's wrong with the player, not the NHL. Uh, they're vague. And we're going to we're going to all be probably a bit surprised at who they do hire and who they do bring in. But, Chris uh, Chapman, uh, Magnum, to your point, I don't know that there is a better choice out there than Pete DeBoer, but I know it adds fuel to the fire, especially the way the New York Rangers made it to the second round in comeback fashion dramatically. Ryan Reeves on that team, a big part of an emotional leader in the locker room. That doesn't bode well for anybody coming into Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, well, you right know,
3: now. I'll say this real quick. Um, you know, you, you brought up the, the short leash that you think Kelly McCrimmon is on. Um, you know the the thing is they that all the injuries right all the talk about the injuries what kind of gets ignored in the fact is they bought a lot of those injuries when they traded for Jack Eichel right a lot of those a lot of those games lost they knew they traded for Jack Eichel in November he didn't play till February that's three months of, of a guy missing a ton of time uh, a lot of people forget that they did that Alex Tuck started this season on on IR and they traded him so. Uh, yeah, you know what the injury thing is it is what it is and you know I, I like how some of the guys they said you know at at their uh locker clean out day they said, look it's it's not an excuse, but there are reasons as to why you know this was the way it was. I just I, I just don't know and time will tell whether or not they made the right decision. Brian, you know we had we had uh, the other day on the VGK Insider show we had someone on the show who made the comment that this team they believe is further away today from winning a Stanley Cup than they've ever been. And I I agree with that. I think as this team has gone down the road, they have progressively gotten further and further away from the the, the prize. And whoever they bring in, there is going to be tremendous pressure because everyone will remember Bill Foley, the owner, made the comment, playoffs in three, cup in six. Well, guess what? This is year six now coming up. Whoever they hire, the pressure is going to be... I mean, they're going to need to find the right guy. Otherwise, I think everybody is out at the end of next season.
0: No, I agree with you. And Chris, when to bring you back in? Uh, a lot of what Chris, what, what Magnum said is absolutely accurate. Right. Um, but but you know, I've said this. It's going to be it is going to be a lot of pressure because this team is built. To win now they're not looking for later now they are a veteran laden team the few misfits that are left you know you still have the production line from the first season whether those guys ever play together or not again you know as far as the team goes we'll see we got to see if they're going to resign riley smith still that's a mystery as to whether he'll come back he's a real popular player here but they've got the cap to think about and they've got to figure all this out before this year um you look at the board, I said I didn't like his system to begin with uh, watching it this year that 113 one, play in the neutral zone. It's a great way to stop people that or teams that carry the puck in, but most teams in the NHL typically play dump and chase. That is not a system that worked for Dump and Chase because the puck gets behind you. And that happened to a lot, a lot of times the Vegas Golden Knights were outplayed by this passive 3-1-1 system that, uh, that, that the Boar's in love with. But either way, again, I don't know that, that, that firing him was the answer. I think the answer is getting healthy. And speaking of getting healthy, you've got Mark Stone now. We know the guy's been suffering from back, from back problems. This guy has not played well since last season. I mean, he really has not. And, and now he had this surgery just this week. Uh, it was a lumbar discectomy. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not exactly sure what that is. It was performed by a doctor, Robert Watkins IV, at Cedar sinai Marina Del Rey Hospital. Um, he's expected to be ready to start the regular season for the VGK this year. Uh, I think we're all expecting when are we going to see and are we going to see the real Mark Stone ever again?
1: I think we are. I really do. And I, and I don't necessarily think when you look at the totem pole of issues that the Vegas Golden Knights have that as far as the injury and the recovery, I should say, for Mark Stone, I don't think it's necessarily a huge worry right now. There's so many other things that they have to deal with. Obviously, the coaching situation. Uh, right here on the forefront that we just talked about for the past 15-20 minutes. So there's a, there's a lot of things that Vegas is going to need to rectify here in the coming months as well as uh, early on in uh, the, season, the regular season, starting the 2022-23 season. And I think Mark Stone is, I mean, look, it, I, mean, I think Vegas Golden Knight fans and even the media here in town are more concerned if uh, Jack Eichel can get to back to being a Jack Eichel that we expect, right? And, and be, the, be the, the type of player that can kind of catapult this team forward and, and get them to a place where they need to be from a, uh, from a production standpoint and from a success standpoint. But uh, I just kind of want to expand, too, also on what Mags was saying regarding Pete DeBoer and the coaching situation. I think there's a lot of, you know, we, we hope the grass is greener on the other side when you're looking at the coaching situation. You guys brought up a lot of names of, of possibilities. That could end up here. There's a couple others that also could end up here. Guys like Rick Tockett, possibly even Sean Tortorella has been talked about as well, too. Uh, and and uh, even Joel Quinville, if they're, they're able to kind of, you know, skirt all the, you know, get, get around and uh, rec and, uh, and relieve all the issues they have as far as off the ice with him. Yeah. And so, there, I mean, there's a lot of names out there. But to Mags' point, are they better coaches necessarily in this place here in Vegas? than pete DeBoer was and i don't know the answer to that question i don't and i i think a lot of even even the the hockey minds the 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 higher up brass with the vegas golden knights i.e obviously kelly and uh and uh, you know and and uh mcfee you know I, I don't think they know either yet so i think that's why there's so much apprehension and so so many question marks regarding who they are looking to hire as the next head coach and I mean, let's be honest, guys, that's going to be a big part of what uh, happens moving forward, Brian, regardless of Mark Stone and his recovery and uh, the rest of the
0: personnel on this team from an injury
1: standpoint. You know, just to to be
0: interesting when it all pans out, you know, there'll be a coach in place. But regardless of all that, this team is still built to win now and when chris said you know they may be as far away now as they ever have been from a a cup contending team he's right and you have to base that on the record and their play on the ice and you know chris said something at the very beginning of the season i'd love to go back and get that And we talked about them in the preseason and chris was saying man watching them in the preseason and watching them even at practice he was a little disconcerted about it he was like wow they they just don't look that good and you know is the preseason going to be indicative of the way they play in the regular season? It turned out that that was a really accurate statement early on by Magnum because, really, their preseason play did spill over to the regular season regardless of the injuries, and even when they they did have most of the guys back, you know, at the end when they had to win, they couldn't. And what was so discouraging, to me, the most discouraging thing is when a team takes a lead in the NHL into the third period, You've got to win those games when you're up one or two goals, and the Knights lost a ton of those down the stretch. That is indicative of a bad hockey team or a poorly coached team. Whichever way you want to look at it. Now, again, at the end of the day, the players on the field or on the ice have to do their job and get the job done. You can draw up all the plays in the world. You can come up with the best game plans there ever were as a coach, but you have to execute during the games. The Golden Knights failed to execute, especially when they needed to down the stretch when they kept having opportunity after opportunity to get back in the playoff chase and it's like they didn't want it And and again, you know, as we talk about all these situations, we're we're going to and we're not going to beat this up anymore today because we have destroyed this this conversation about goaltending. But goaltending is something that else is going to have to be addressed. Robin Leonard is going to get fixed. He's going to get his surgery, get better. Um, You know, Chris has been under the impression when I say Chris, Chris, uh, Chris um, Chapman has been under the impression all year that Robin Leonard is an upper echelon goalie and deserves this job. I have been on the fence about it, although I say that, you know what, the guy has shown that he has capability of being a great goaltender. He sure has the size and stature in the net, and at times, he makes spectacular saves. He's not a cat like Marc-Andre Fleury is going to fly over the place, but he has the wherewithal to stop well, the biscuit from going uh, in the basket. Well, as good as most of the goalies in the league, he just doesn't do it consistently. Two Was things, that two... because of injuries this year? Well, I think we're going to get an opportunity to find out next year, because although I don't want to say it anymore, I'll be wrong about another prediction, I think Robin Leonard will be here to start the year and will be an originally the starting goaltender. I think Laurent Brossois will be the guy on the outs because Logan Thompson played so well. I think he's earned the chance to be the backup goaltender, not necessarily to compete for a starting job. I think if you go into the season with Logan Thompson as your number one, you're going to have a lot of questions and some head scratch. I don't think he's ready to take on that role yet, but I think he's definitely ready to be a number two goaltender in the National Hockey League. Guys, let's talk about the playoffs here, real quick, going on. It is exciting. I love this year the playoffs. It was nice to see the Edmonton Oilers finally get over the hump and get to the second round. Although getting by Calgary is is, is proving to be a very formidable task for them. Um, and Colorado, you know, they 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 kind of at the end of the season they sputtered a little bit. Some injuries with Landeskog and 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 you know even McKinnon seemed to tail at the end of the season. But here they get into the postseason and they're looking like they're going to have no problems. St. Louis, a huge, huge loss yesterday with Bington. You don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, I don't think it was a dirty play at all. To me, that was a hockey play. I can't even believe I heard he threw a a bottle at uh, the guy that hit him at the end of the game yesterday. But, uh, Mags, I'll bring you in real quick to talk about this. Um, You know, really unfortunate when you see a guy like Bington go down, a guy that uh, took this team to the Stanley Cup Finals a couple of years back, lost his job Got it back in the postseason and was really starting to play lights out hockey. And yesterday, when they made the change, it was a different hockey team.
3: Yeah, un- unfortunately, you know it- it's weird, right? Vili Huso started the playoffs as the number one goalie for the St. Louis Blues. He was fantastic during the regular season, put up some some really really good numbers for the Blues, and uh, he was really good in Game One against the Minnesota Wild. Unfortunately, Mark Andre Fleury was not very good in Game One for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, nor was he very good for the Minnesota Wild at all in in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, Ville Husso started for as the number one guy for St. Louis. He lasted three games. They lost two of those three. Craig Berube, a a brilliant coach, a, a guy who came on as an interim coach actually and won the Stanley Cup as an interim coach. Um, so uh, he he knows what buttons to push. He he knows exactly what he's doing. He makes the switch to to Jordan Binnington who was really really good as you said um you know especially in that game one where where the Avalanche had over 50 shots and Bennington saved almost all of them um so it, it it's 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 a crusher for St Louis because I felt like they were I I predicted they would beat the Colorado Avalanche um you know I'm not sure now Brian because I, I I liked Billy Huso but he has not been good in the playoffs and you know for St Louis if he's the guy going forward I, I don't like their odds.
0: No, I think I think they're hurting tough physical series, a lot of fun to watch. All the series left in, in, in both sports. I'm enjoying uh, basketball's kind of blowout. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I'm really enjoying this. Got a bunch of games today, man. Today is a day, a day of sitting at home. You got the PGA, uh, the, the final round of the PGA Championship, which we'll talk about in a bit too, and three NHL games today, which I'm looking really forward to. Uh, this Colorado game, as I said, if you didn't see the beginning, Sam Girard, man, what a wicked hit. He's out for the rest of the year. I think he broke his collarbone. It looked like he got his I thought it was going to be a concussion and and I think he broke his collarbone as well, but this team is really geared uh, this year to win the Stanley cup. They've played that way the majority of the season. And right now they're playing great guys like Kale McCarr, man. I mean, you're talking about watching up and coming superstar in the national hockey league. This guy's as good a defenseman as anyone out there. And I, I really like seeing what's going to happen. The other series, Chris, when we'll talk to you about this one, um, being that, uh, you know, we have familiarity with uh, the other conference a little bit more now. um, You know, I was really excited about the Rangers making that the way they made the run to come back, get themselves back in the series and then have the wherewithal to win it uh, in game seven to get to the next round. And I think losing that overtime game really hurt them. And now I don't know that they can make this comeback. Huge game three today in Calgary. but, But do the Rangers have enough to get back in it chris and to win this series
1: i think they do but they're gonna need a lot of help particularly on their blue line i mean look adam fox is a guy who's been big for them uh particularly here in the playoffs early on but uh you're going up against a hurricane team what 160 points in the regular season and uh when it comes to stanley Cup playoffs it's about the big moments right it's about the guys that step up in the big moments and uh, of course brendan smith had that shorthanded goal that gave, that gave the Canes a lead in that, in that game. And they, you know, they had to get a one on one nothing lead lead uh, versus the Rangers in that game. And that, and that was just huge. So, uh, you know, if, if you're getting, if you're getting guys like, uh, like uh, Tara Van going and, and uh, the, the other offensive explosive guys for Carolina, then it's going to be really tough for uh, Gerard Gallant, Ryan Reeves, and uh, this uh, New York Rangers team to, I think, keep pace because I really do believe that uh That both right now, as of right now, I mean, look, obviously, the Florida Panthers had a ridiculous regular season record uh, with uh, 122 points. But right now they are uh, getting it handed to them by their Florida rival there in Tampa Bay. Right now, I think it's uh, it's clear cut to me when it comes to Eastern Conference that both the Hurricanes and the Lightning look like they're uh, steamrolling right towards each other.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I mean, the Hurricanes had such a good regular season, and, and, and this team is big, they're strong, not only physical, but they're so gifted as well uh, offensively. They're going to be a real tough out. The Florida Panthers, again, I would normally say I'm surprised, but this is that Tampa Bay Lightning team that in the postseason and Magnum, they turn it on like there is no tomorrow. Every year they do this. They have the guys – that just understand how to win and they've got you know you can argue that he's the best goaltender in the national hockey league but if he's not the best he is right there with the best in the league in today's game Uh, this tampa bay lightning team has proved again they're going to be a force to be reckoned with they refused to lose in the first round here they are up a couple of games in the second round is this team destined to go to three P?
3: I don't know if they're destined to three, Pete. I do think it's lining up for them to go to a third consecutive cup final. Uh look, here, here's the thing with, with Tampa Bay. First of all, they have the best coach in the NHL and John Cooper. There, there's no doubt about that John Cooper is the very best coach in the NHL right now. There's no one better. Uh they they have a a group of players led by Steven Stamkos, who I think as we learn more about Steven Stamkos, we find out Steven Stamkos is a tremendous leader. He is the quintessential captain. He's a guy who leads by example and he gets it done on the ice. As you mentioned, Vasilevsky. Here, 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 here's what what, what what surprises me most about Tampa right now. They they're they're doing this without Braden Point. Like like Braden Point is is one of the most clutch playoff performers the Lightning have had the last couple seasons and they're doing this without him they're blowing through the Florida Panthers who i i i wasn't impressed with in their in their first round series with Washington they had really one game where they had an offensive explosion and you're like all right maybe this is it they've yet to score a goal on the on the power play in the playoffs this is the president's trophy winning team and they they're yet to score a goal on the power play in the playoffs you know really strange uh series too because they played the first two like like a normal setup and then they took two days off, and now they're playing a back-to-back in the playoffs, which is really, really strange. Maybe there was maybe there was something going on at the arena in in Tampa. I don't know. But Brian, the Tampa Bay Lightning continue to get it done. The the role players change. You know, the other night it was Ross Colton from New Jersey, by the way, getting the, the, uh, the man, Corey the,
0: Perry. I mean, yeah, the, yeah
3: Corey Perry the, as well. The but the but wonder. you know, I, I I will say this real quick about the Canes and the Rangers. That series is not over. Look, Carolina, they've scored four goals in the series. They've won both games 2-by-by-by by, by, well, they went 2-nothing the other night, what 2-1 on, on, in game 1. They've yet to win a game on the road in the playoffs. It's not over yet. The Rangers will play much better at at MSG. Uh by the way, Brendan Smith, Riley Smith's brother should point that out. Um so Carolina's had two guys step up and 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 score massive massive goals for them who are are the quintessential role player, Ian Cole who has, going into that game, Ian Cole had won more Stanley Cups than he had goals scored in the playoffs, 2-1. to one. Now he's even, two goals and two Stanley Cups. This is a guy who's played for a long time. He's bounced around a bit, but you know what? His name is on the Cup twice, and that's really all that matters. But uh, to get back to Tampa Bay, there nobody in the East is beating them. And I think it really shows and speaks volumes just how good the Toronto Maple Leafs were, that they pushed this team to the brink, of being the team to end the, 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 the opportunity for a three-peat. It's a shame that Toronto had to play them in the first round because I really, really think that the Leafs could have made some serious, serious noise in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the the Tampa Bay Lightning are just amazing. The guy I don't even mention is Nikita Kucherov, who is one of the best postseason players I I ever remember seeing. I mean, this guy just turns up the gas in the postseason. Last year he did, I mean, to come to pretty much miss the entire season last year, what he did in the postseason last year to lead this team to the Stanley Cup Finals again uh, was nothing short of miraculous. This is a really tough team. I I agree with you, Chris. I don't know that they'll be able to beat who I think the Colorado uh, Avalanche will be in the Stanley Cup Finals, and I think they're going to play the Lightning, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I think that's going to be a hell of a series, but um, that's going to be a, a real uphill battle for the Tampa Bay Lightning this season, but who knows, man, don't don't count this team out for a second, and the last series that we, we haven't really talked about yet, brought brought it up for a second, uh, Edmonton and Calgary, the Battle of Alberta, I mean, it's pretty cool to see these teams go at it, it's pretty cool to see Connor McDavid with a shot to go to the, to the uh, Stanley, you know, to, to at least the conference finals this year if Edmonton get over this hump but um you know now down uh you know huge game today I should say I mean it it is a gigantic game today they're they're tied the series actually 1-1 in that series as it moves over to Edmonton um Chris do you think uh Chris Wynn do you think the Oilers finally have a shot and Connor McDavid arguably the best player in the National Hockey League right now uh, have a shot to finally get over the hump and get to a conference finals
1: I think they definitely have a shot. This is a, kind of a wild series, right? You get a lot of uh, football field goals. Well, here's the first game, of course, with that 9-6 tilt. And then, of course, the Oilers were pretty impressive there with that 5-3 win in Game 2 at, on the road at the Saddledome in Calgary. You see with, when it comes to the scoring for both of these teams, you're seeing the leading scorers are both the marquee stars for these teams. Connor McDavid, what, 20 points so far in the playoffs for the Oilers? And then Johnny Goudreau uh, leads the, uh, flames with uh, 13 points. So it, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to come down. I mean, Connor's going to have to step up big and and the rest of this Boiler squad is going to have to be able to keep pace because I think the flames without question have more balance and are going to be able to, uh, and to be able to light the lamp when they need to. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're seeing a ton of goals in the series already. I don't see, I don't see any indication that's going to be changing anytime soon. So it's going to be a, a rough go for the guys between the fights for both Calgary and Edmonton moving forward.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I'll just quickly – we're going to move on to the NBA playoffs. Uh, I'm going to quickly run through it. I, I don't see the Blues being able to beat the Avalanche, especially without Bennington. I think the the Avalanche move on in that series. And, uh, you know, I think that they're going to take on the Calgary Flames. I think that even though Edmonton uh, has, has played so much better and uh, this is a, a team that's going to be really – I think Calgary's the better hockey team in that series. And I think on the other side, as much as I would love to see the New York Rangers uh, overcome. Uh, Carolina. Again, the problem is, and I know with, with, you know. as far as uh, not playing super well on the road, I still think they've got the juice. They're going to beat the Rangers in this series. I think it's going to be real tough again for the Rangers to get out of another big hole they're in. and I think it is the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, that move on in their series with the Panthers. We'll talk more about that, of course, next week. Moving on to the NBA. Spencer, I'm going to bring you in right to start because uh, I know this guy is, you know, I know that your Grizzlies are out, but I know you're, you're just gigantic uh, uh, hoops fan and watching the NBA conference finals. Spence, I mean, you know, we're watching gigantic leads happen. And then we're watching those leads evaporate. Even yesterday, the Celtics at home get way down but are able to find their way back. And, you know, you know, big injuries, significant injuries that game. Smart looked like I thought he was done, and somehow he comes back in the game. Then you see Tatum go down, and everyone in Boston held their collective breath. He comes back in the game. They fight back. They still lose a home game to the Miami Heat. But, for some reason, Spence, I just don't think Miami's out of – I mean, uh, Boston's out of the series.
2: No, 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 no. Of course not. But that was a huge win for Miami. It cannot be understated. Jimmy Butler goes down for the second half. You know, granted, I think they had a 17-point lead, but that's just so different when your superstars out. Look at the the fact that the Grizzlies were able to hold down the fourth without John Moran. Like, that's an, that's an exception. That is not the rule. And, uh, you know, they were down by three. I think there was only a couple minutes left. It looked like Boston was just going to go ahead and take care of business. And then they were going to kind of luck out because Jimmy Butler was gone. Played really sloppy at the end of that game. But a few things are worth talking about, at least in the Miami Heat game. How long ago was it that we were talking about Eric Spalcher and that big kind of confrontation he had with Jimmy Butler on the bench? It looked like they were falling apart. And yet here we are right now talking about them going into Boston and taking a game and getting home court advantage back. Truly incredible, maybe even further, uh, you know, evidence of how good Eric Spolster is. The second thing I want to say about this game is that Bam out of bio. I mean, oh my, hey, the guy seems to have the capability to do this all the time. Why he doesn't do it, I don't know. Now, when Jimmy Butler's out, you kind of have to. You physically have to. There's just – you got to shoot the ball. And he's shown the ability to, you know, step out in the mid range and be really dominant in the post. And, you know, he – I think he tries to focus too much on being a facilitator, but I think, you know, when push comes to shove, they're paying this guy a lot of money, and it's not just for the defensive side of the ball. If he can play like this and there's no Robert Williams for the Celtics, I give the advantage to Miami, even though I think they're a less talented team, interestingly enough.
0: No, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you, Spencer. I think they've got the advantage. Just don't count up the Celtics because I think this year in this postseason, more than any other, we have watched the true emergence of the boston celtics as an upper echelon team in the eastern conference this year and that is because one of the best players in the national basketball association resides on the boston celtics and we got to start talking about jason tatum when you're talking about the best players in the league because this guy has really stepped up and he has proven he is an absolute superstar at this level and is capable of carrying a basketball team although when it comes to miami one of the things you didn't mention about the heat you know the importance, and even though he only had 11 points, Kyle Lowry coming back after four games, that is a big, significant uh, a significant guard they need. You saw how much he helped the Raptors win the NBA title a few years ago. This is a star in the NBA as well. He's not back to 100%, but those 11 points a couple of those buckets were key baskets in this win. When, they, when, when Boston was making their run back, Kyle Lowry silenced them a few times, but I agree with you 100%. Bam Adebayo, to me, is the X factor with this Miami Heat team. I don't think the winning team is going to come out of the East. I still think somehow Golden State's going to end up winning the NBA title. I don't know why, but I think that's what we're going to see this year. But I'll tell you what, if Bam Adebayo plays like he did, every night last night and jimmy butler is okay because i know jimmy butler has had that knee inflammation it hurt him in the first round and it took him out of the second half jimmy butler's gonna have to be okay but bam out has double doubles every night spencer the miami heat can win the nba title and i'll tell you what as great as Jimmy Butler is, as great as Bama Adebayo is, again, we have to start really talking about Eric Spolstra as one of the great NBA coaches of all time. People always say, well, he's got superstars. That's how he's done it. This guy has been one of the best plug-and-play coaches in the NBA, and still, he is just not talked about when you talk about the great coaches, and he is one. And it's time he started talking about that. On the other side, Chris Wynn, I'll bring you in for this, the Western Conference Finals. I mean, it's exciting to see golden state back in there really excited to see a guy like jordan pool a rookie out of u of m have the kind of postseason he's had really a guy coming like golden state doesn't have enough already they got to get a guy like pool to add to the mix but now with everyone healthy on this team clay thompson back in the lineup and healthy again uh steph curry still banging those big three pointers when it counts the most and you can't overstate how important Draymond Green is to this team in every aspect. Defensively, one of the best players in the game. But the intimidation factor of Draymond Green can never be understated. Nobody really wants to mess with this guy. He's out of his mind tremendous defender he'll hit a basket when he needs to he'll distribute when he needs to he's the ultimate team player and protector in the nba and a great guy to have on your team with all those intangibles golden state looks almost unstoppable but then you've got the dallas mavericks and you've got in my opinion the best player remaining In the postseason, Luka Doncic, I think he is the best player on the floor of any of the four remaining teams. And I know how good Jimmy Butler is. I know how good Steph Curry is. I know it's a big statement. Uh, Jason Tatum, we just talked about him. But Luka Doncic, to me, is Larry Bird brought back into the game. His shot looks like Bird. He can do everything Bird does. He can play both ends of the court. He can bring it up. He can hit from a mile away. He is truly a unique player that willed his team into the western conference finals does dallas have what it takes to potentially beat golden state or is this series done already
1: yeah i gotta say it's gotta be pretty scary and not good for the dallas mavericks and their faithful that they get out to that big lead obviously in their last game uh shooting basically what 46 percent for three where there's knocking down threes left and right and you're getting contributions all over the place not just from luca but from uh, a number of guys that went out there and you know you'd you had, Rick, you had Bullock going out there scoring 21. You had, obviously, Finney Smith was a, was a contributor as well, too, uh, along with Brunsa and Donkic. Yet they still end up losing the basketball game. And the Warriors still covered that game. They still covered it in the spring of six. They covered it you know, easily covered it. So, uh, and, you know, obviously, an explosive fourth quarter for the Golden State Warriors. They went for 43 in the fourth quarter. I mean, you ta- you, you've already talked about it, Brian, about uh, some of the key guys there when you're talking about Draymond and Steph. And Clay and those guys, but Jordan Poole is a big time factor for them moving forward, as well as uh, guys like Kevin Looney, too, as well, uh, along with uh, Andrew Wiggins. A lot of balance on this team. A lot of guys that contribute that don't necessarily, they don't have the monster numbers that Steph's going to put up, or even uh, Clay at certain points, but you, you're getting, you know, solid contributions from a team that looks like it's kind of taken the, it's, it's taken the baton, right, from all those warrior teams back from the mid 2010s that were so great and now they're trying to you know etch out their own mark in the nba and i fully agree i, I think that you know once the mavericks had a lead and they cough it up and the warriors come back and win that game it just that is to me that is a major factor as to why i think the warriors definitely are should be and are the favors to come out of the Western
0: conference. Yeah, no doubt about it. They, they, when they turn up the gas, Chris, they are the most explosive team in the NBA uh, because they've got so many guys that can play, they can play from the they can you know that are perimeter yeah. players, but yet they can also take the ball to the basket. I mean, Steph Curry and Jordan Poole, two guys that can absolutely get into the paint amongst the trees and lay the ball off the backboard. And uh, when you're when when you have all the weapons Golden State has, it is going to be tough to beat them. And like you said, I agree 100%. That is such a mental factor when you give up a lead like that in a game that you're supposed to win when you're that far in advance, and you got a guy like Luka Doncic, Dallas just started missing, missing baskets and Golden State took advantage of every opportunity they had. All of them stepped up. And the one thing about Golden State amongst the stars and all those guys that can score, they are maybe the most unselfish basketball team in the NBA. When you have that many players that can contribute and they find a way to share the ball. Keep everybody happy and every one of them contribute. Uh, Golden State, love them or hate them, they are one of the most entertaining basketball teams to watch in the whole league. I, I, whenever I, I'll turn on the tube, even during regular season, and Golden State's playing, I end up getting my getting stuck for at least a part of the game because they are that that entertaining to watch. Let listen. Let's move on. We're running short on time. I did want to talk really quickly about the Wanamaker Trophy that will be distributed today. I got to tell you guys, it's the first time I can remember in recent memory that if 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 I'm being honest, the final pairing before the PGA tournament this year, I didn't know who either one of these guys were. And yet, uh, <laughs> neither one of them have won on the PGA Tour. Um, uh, the 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 one kid, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, has won like seven times on the International Tour, but never on the PGA Tour. And same thing, uh, Mito uh, uh, Pereira, I mean, what, what has he done? He's, he's won, I think, a couple of times on the International Tour, but right now, he's nine under, six under. Then you've got the American, Will Zalateras, is pretty cool, that's right there at six under as well. Pretty cool to see Stuart Sink will be hitting 50 years old. He just turned 49. On the, he'll be on the Senior tour next year, he's not out of the running at two under. He's playing pretty good golf. Um, but it is going to be interesting. Yesterday, the one thing that did happen, Tiger Woods withdrew. He made the cut again. Both majors this year, he's made the cut in. Uh, really had a nice Friday. Right, um, you know, really had a nice Friday. He shot a 69 on a tough golf course to get himself into the mix. But then back then, then a 79, which is, happens to be the worst career round in his career, um, it was bad. And he was not – you could see him laboring yesterday when they kept cutting to him. The knee is definitely bothering. It is still nothing short of miraculous. The dude's even playing golf, let alone playing it competitively at the highest level. Uh, He he says he's going to try to play in the Masters and the British Open. I think that's kind of why also he didn't uh, play today. Maybe he could have, but he's like, I I got 25 days before the U.S. Open. I got to get myself healthy. It's miraculous to see him on the course. But, uh, Chris, I'll ask you – do you, do you think we'll ever see the Tiger Woods we saw before? I mean, we see moments, but the deal is you can't ride in a cart on the PGA Tour. And I just think that by day three, walking 18 holes on these challenging PGA courses, man, there's just no way we're going to see this guy. Maybe he'll win a tournament or two again in his career, but to compete in these majors and have to walk the courses that are so brutal, I just don't see how he does it again.
1: I'll tell you, Brian, Wiz and Mags, it was just, it was, it was hard to watch him yesterday try to actually power through that because he was obviously laboring on that leg and it was really an issue. So I would, I, you know, look, I, I really have stuck my foot in my mouth a number of times thinking that Tiger Woods, his career was pretty much done when it came to competitive golf. And then of course what he was, he was able to do last year was just miraculous. So it's tough for me to say absolutely has yes, no, no chance to come back and be competitive, but right now it does not look positive whatsoever but talking about today you pointed it out it's going to be very intriguing here in the final round of the PGA Championship because not just Pereira and Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick but also Cameron Young the top four guys never won on United States soil they've never won a tournament on United States soil. And this isn't the farmer insurance open, guys. This isn't just Bay Hill. This is a major. Okay. okay. This is a PGA championship. So if one of these four guys ends up knocking out a victory here today, it's going to be pretty cool to see kind of the reaction. Now the other guys that are right there in, in the mix when you talk about Bubby, you brought up Stuart Sink, obviously Brian, and Justin Thomas and Chris Kirk and these other and Abraham Answer. These guys have one. So it's not going to be as as uh it's not going to be as fun. But if the if the top four end up getting it done, it's going to be pretty cool. We'll
0: see. Yeah, depending on the conditions, man, they started getting more and more brutal as the day went on. And then late in the day, they warmed up a bit, but that is going to affect you. This is a really challenging golf course. It's amazing to see scores as low as we have on a course that can be, you know, as, as tough as Southern Hills Country Club. You know, there's been, I think this is the fifth PGA played there. There's been a U.S. Open there. It is tough, but amazingly, the last PGA that was played there was 2007, you know, won it. Tiger Woods one the two shots over. I believe it was Woody Austin yeah. Yeah. over two shots. But that that's crazy. Real quickly, go ahead and hit fact this fence before we run out of time. Fact this. fact
3: this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed.
0: Fact this. After seven games, the Las Vegas Aces have the best record in the WNBA. This is the year the Aces give Las Vegas their first professional championship true or false starting with chris Wynn, who's attended uh, most of the home games so far this season chris how good is this aces team how much of a difference is becky hammond's making i know bill lambeer was there yesterday but how much of a difference is she making as the head coach this year
1: she's making a noticeable difference guys and even bill lambeer acknowledged that on thursday night you know the night that he the retirement ceremony for big bill He was pointing out how, you know what, maybe this is a great thing for the Aces. In my opinion, yes, I think they do actually get Las Vegas from a professional championship over the hump this year. This team right now is clearly the best team right now in the WNBA. You've seen the play of Kelsey Plum. You're seeing the play of Jackie Young, who's really come into her own as one of the better players now in the WNBA, not just on the Las Vegas Aces, but in the entire league. And it does look like the chemistry is really solid with this team. And they've been pretty much unstoppable with one hiccup throughout the regular season. So I do like their chances, Brian, Wiz, and Mags, to get it done here
0: in 2022.
3: Well, yeah, she, I, I, I think and, the, course, the, the key Wilson, thing is one that... One of the
0: faces of the WNBA and a natural leader for this team. You can see how they really rally around her positivity. Yeah. She is one of the most positive athletes I've ever run across. Asia Wilson, I mean, she's damn pissed off when they lose, but I'll tell you what, she has an infectious personality and smile, and I understand why the NBA leans on her, WNBA leans on her a bit as far as one of their one of their figures, and uh, why she is a capable leader to lead this team in. And of course, the ABA Chris, I know you've been out to a few games out there. There is not much better than attending an aviators game in Las Vegas. If you have not been out to the Las Vegas ballpark, it's the nicest minor league facility in the country. And it is just a great night out and there's so much to do around there after the game. But how fun is going to Aces games? I mean to Oh, it's great.
1: You know what? I've been had the opportunity to go to both A ball, double AA, A, Triple A, to a lot of stadiums, not every stadium obviously, but to a lot of them, it is absolutely, you're not overstating it, Brian, it is the best minor league baseball experience, now, but talking about their success, right, and trying to predict it, it's so tough, right, because it's AAA, right, and there's, I mean, it's a constantly a shuttle bus, and so they are just there to, to prep the major league team, right, so it's really hard to say what they're going to do as far as the Pacific coast league is concerned, but when it comes to a
3: Stay up to date with the latest from the NHL and the Vegas Golden Knights. Here on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340.